Our Old Testament reading today is from the book of Genesis, chapter 18, beginning with verse 20. Then the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. So the men turned from there and went toward Sodom, but Abraham stood still before the Lord. Then Abraham drew near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked? Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, If I find at Sodom 50 righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Abraham answered and said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the 50 righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. Again, he spoke to him and said, suppose 40 are found there. He answered, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak. Suppose 30 are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. He said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 are found there. He answered, For the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak again but this once. Suppose 10 are found there. He answered, For the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way, when he had finished speaking to Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading today comes from the book of Colossians, chapter 2. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised, with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses 
by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We stand now for the Alleluia in verse. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his imprudence, he will rise and will give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you this day from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So they say God's word penetrates even to the heart, even to the joint, to the bone, to the marrow. 
So, on behalf of God's people, we come today asking a question. How deep in debt are you right now? See, it kind of hits you, doesn't it? We don't want to say it out loud, but I'm guessing that each of us has a pretty good estimate of how much in debt we might be. And how do we feel about that debt? Well, I can tell you that the Federal Reserve reports that the average American household is laboring under about $137.63 worth of debt. Now, that's a lot of income and money. It's a pretty big burden. And studies have shown that those suffering from death may experience a combination of shame, depression, frustration, anger, and anxiety. It's hard to think about anything else with the burden of debt making you crazy. Imagine the relief if you woke up tomorrow morning debt-free. How would you feel if someone chose to pay off all your debt with no strings attached? You may have guessed by now that we're not really going to be talking about money today. But actually, we're going to be talking about the spiritual debt that sin loads into us, that we carry on our backs. And in today's readings, we are reminded that our lives changed when Jesus paid the debt of our sin. Now, if it is financial debt, that $137,000 and $63 added to it, if that's bothering to you, well, then see a debt counselor, right? But from that debt counselor, you might hear, work more, spend less, and you can do it. That sounds like a lot of work, a lot, not really especially good news. But from our Lord Jesus, we hear the good news that our debt has been paid, blotted out, set aside, and nailed to the cross. And now we are free to live in him. That is indeed what our epistle reading pointed us to today. That God canceled our debt through the sin, well, of our sin, through the actions of Jesus. God canceled the debt of our sin through the work and actions of Jesus. You see, we all have a debt of sin against us, written, as it were, with our own hand. We have committed sins. We are guilty. We have added burdens upon burdens upon ourselves through our own actions, written in our own hand even. And you know, the root of the word translated as a record of debt in verse 14 is really the word handwritten. This record of debt is something that we sort of keep a record of in our lives. I did wrong, I did wrong, I did wrong. I have done all these things wrong. And if our conscience stings us, those are the things that bother us and keep us awake at night. And it's our very own sin that created this debt. 
And we know that we were dead in our trespasses and in our sin. Our life did not hit the mark of what God demanded. Our debt is actually our life. Now, the world traditions around us would set this debt right out in the middle for us for all to see as evidence to be used against us. You see, you should be shamed. Make it publicly known how much in debt you're going to be. The way of the world is to try to pay off that debt yourself. But you and I, we realize we're locked into a prison of sin and that you won't get out until you've paid the very last penny. And the weight of that debt is overwhelming. It's like a millstone hung around your neck. It governs, even without our knowledge, every aspect of our lives. You see, that burden of our sin and our guilt that builds up and it can be unsustainable. People with anxiety and depression in this day and age know all too well that feeling of despair, of utter lostness, of not being able to get their own self going. And that weight is immeasurable. The good news for you and I is that God paid our debt. Our debt that we incurred, God paid through the death of his son Jesus. Jesus, you see, was the payment that was required for all our sins. In fact, the word translated as canceled in our text today is actually better translated as wiped away, blotted out, as if God had some, well, the old-fashioned eraser to erase our debt, or perhaps in our new age, the whiteout. But God wiped our slates clean with the payment that God made for us in Jesus. And now since Christ has paid our debt on the cross, it has been blotted off the books. It's not even there anymore. And since the debt is now gone, Imagine that burden lifted, that weight that was pushing you down, no longer presence. Now we can focus on walking with the Lord. And see, that's what we need to hear today, is how God has freed us from the debt of our sin. But yet, we as sinners, what do we do? We walk around focusing on the debt. We don't focus on the good news, we focus on the debt again. We scheme to try to pay it off ourselves. And the most common way of dealing with a spiritual debt of sin is to try to do self-payment. But that doesn't work. We can never accumulate enough to pay the price for our own sins. And so because we can't accumulate anything to pay for this, we have to then convince ourselves that somehow, some way, our good works must contribute to paying off the debt of sin. And do you see where that takes us? Works righteousness. 
You're never sure that heaven is going to be for you. You never know that you've done enough. And so you and I, because of our sinfulness, we get readily caught in this human tradition of trying to buy our way out. Because we refuse to believe that someone else, our loving, wonderful God, has canceled the debt that we owed. You see, we struggle to believe that someone else would even have freely paid it, that somehow or another we would have to do something to make that happen. And the elemental spirits of this world, as Paul would let us know, they don't want you to believe that you're forgiven. They want to keep you under that burden where you're controlled, where you are weighed down and have no free will. You see, you and I as sinners often labor under the guilt of sin. Perhaps something in your past even seems too great for Christ to forgive. And because of the weight of sin and its sorrow, therefore we hold the debt of sin that others have transpassed against us, against them. You see, you and I, because we can't think about grace which saves us, therefore we want everyone to feel as bad as we do. So we refuse to forgive our neighbor. We forgive and forget all that kind of thing. That's the cause of sinners, isn't it? Yet you and I who have had our debts canceled should also always be willing to cancel the debts of others who owe us. We remember that, right, in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You and I, we are told and shown by our God the better way to forgive others, remembering how God in Christ forgave us. But more often, you and I, because of the sinner part of us, we'd often rather demand payment down to the last penny for any trespass against us. The ways of the world are harmful, not only to you and I, but also to our neighbor. And following the ways of the world is truly deadly. Following the ways of the world takes our focus off to Christ and puts the focus on you and I. You know, because after all, we want to be the star, right? We want to be the one that's popular. We want to be the one that showcases everything. That's our pride speaking. And it's very hard because of our pride for us to understand the wonder of grace and forgiveness. Because with Jesus... Our debt is indeed paid. And Christ died for all the ungodly, for all of the godly, for all people he died and made that sacrifice for our sin. Now, from God's perspective, 
He refuses to focus on the debt that we might think we have because we are in Christ Jesus. We are saints by God's action. God has set aside the death notice, the debt notice, the IOU thing that shows that we are burdened and owe much. God has literally paid the price in blood for us. And so the record of your and my debt in God's eyes has been set aside, cast away, because Jesus becomes the focus of his Father's eyes as the one who pays our debt. He's the one who enters into our lives right now, this day, this morning, where he entered in. As we confessed our sin, what did he do? He entered in and took that burden from us. He made us free again. He set aside our debt of sin. He nailed it to the cross. And so you and I, we know that our debts are indeed paid, and in fact, we are now free in Christ because Christ rose. God accepted the full payment of Christ on the cross for our sins. And so this cancellation of our sin by Christ frees you and I as people of God to walk in the life that Jesus gives. And this is where our text really gets wonderfully poetic that we are rooted in the life of Christ. That's where we gain our strength. Our foundation is in Christ. And to walk or to live in Christ is to be rooted in him. And this is God's gift of knowing that that's our source of life. It all comes from Christ because he paid our debt. And we know that our life comes from him alone. And we also now live established in this faith. To walk or live in Christ is to be established in that faith. This is God's gift of faith, which trusts in the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And God doesn't leave us alone with all our faith. He sends his Holy Spirit to confirm us in that faith. And now, because we are God's people, that are rooted in Christ and established in that truth of his faith, we now forgive the debts of those who trespass against us. You see, before that, we couldn't have done it. But with God, we are able to set aside those guilt and debts owed to us. And so we forgive those who stomp on our toes. We forgive those who hurt us unintentionally or intentionally. We forgive those who let us down and don't live up to their promise or commitment. We forgive because God has forgiven us much. And so because of that forgiveness, you and I, we actually abound in thanksgiving giving thanks to God for that relief of that weight. Isn't it wonderful to know that we don't have to walk around hunched over, covered in weight, pulled down, stressed out? 
but we give thanks that Christ on the cross relieved us of all those things. Imagine, as it were, a man carrying a bag of fertilizer, 100-pound bag, for 20 miles. Imagine how heavy that bag must get. Imagine his steps getting labored, his breath getting ragged. And imagine when someone pulls up alongside and takes that burden from him. How light his steps then are. How thankful he is to have that weight removed. That's what Christ does for us. And so with thanksgiving on our hearts, we see the world in a whole new way. We have a new life in Christ. And the burden of our debts is lifted off of our shoulders, our debts having been canceled by Christ's death and resurrection. So you and I, we are people whose lives have been changed. How wonderful it is to have the forgiveness of God in Christ. May you and I live as his people forgiven much so that we can forgive others much as well. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes our human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.